this is episode number 194 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. It's Jesse Mundell. We'll hop into today's episode in just a minute, but I wanted to make sure you knew that prices on our To Pregnancy and Beyond online fitness coaching program increases by 30% today, Tuesday, September 7th. To Pregnancy and Beyond members follow monthly workout plans specific for those who are currently pregnant within the first year postpartum or for those who are many years post-pregnancy, all for folks with any exercise strength training background. The treats that you'll find with us into Pregnancy and Beyond are a new workout program every four weeks intentionally designed 20 to 30 minute workout specific to the prenatal, postnatal, or parenthood stage you are in, a free mobile app to easily and quickly view your workouts and hit complete on them, which is excellent for the box checkers among us. You'll get access to our incredibly special members only private Facebook group for community and connection. You have direct messaging with your two pregnancy beyond coaches in the mobile app and the Facebook group. And if you choose our custom program option, you'll have monthly private 30 minute video calls with your coach to discuss anything you need further guidance on, or if you want to go through feedback on some exercise technique. Plus, as a custom client, you get access to Voxer, a free app that allows for audio messaging with your coach whenever you need to send a quick note their way. Both the all-in and custom programs include monthly and six-month payment plan options. As I noted, to pregnancy and beyond prices are increasing on September 7th today by 30%. So when you register by tonight, you'll keep the current lower rate for the duration of your time with us. Your prices will not increase. You can go to the link in today's show notes to check out all the details and get your registration completed for To Pregnancy and Beyond. And with that, enjoy today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today on the show, we have a Q&A episode for you all that is more personal-ish. We did a call for questions and you, the listeners, sent in some excellent questions for us that, yeah, were a bit more about our real lives, about our day-to-day and not so much professional or technical. So we're going to answer four of those for you today. 
And the first one, unsurprisingly, that I got so many requests for was, Jesse, tell us more about the move. So to catch you all up, because I haven't really said anything about it publicly. Of course, I've been chatting about it uh, to Anita <laughs> for the last, uh, you know, almost year and a half now. Uh, but the the short story is that uh, just over a year ago, we moved uh, back to our hometown. So from Calgary, Alberta, we moved back to Ontario, Canada, and it was a, a big move for us. We had been out in Western Canada for 10 years across a few different cities. So Vancouver for a couple of years, Edmonton for a couple of years, Calgary for a bunch of years. And that's where we went because my husband, Randy, got a firefighting job there. And you kind of have to take what you can get. If you're not super familiar with firefighting, especially in Canada, it is super difficult to get a city or district related job. So you go where you go if you are able to. And we were at that time. So we were there, but we, you know, we kind of always considered coming back to Ontario both of our families, everyone is here right around the same place. And then with two kids and COVID, we really just honestly were struggling in a lot of ways. And we needed the family and the grandparents to, to help us along. So it was a huge decision really a difficult decision especially for Randy not so much for me I was ready to go and my work is pretty easy to go anywhere but his is not so it was really challenging to leave and to move but yeah we did it we've been here since that initial move we lived in my sister and her partner's cottage on the lake for five months and if you saw me learning how to start and keep a fire going it's because there was no heat in that cottage <laughs> and we lived there until the middle of November in Canada and it was freezing cold like we had to keep the fire going all the time uh, we would wake up in the morning absolutely frozen uh, so that was an experience we eventually had to leave the cottage because the pipes froze a couple of times so we, from there, went and lived with my parents for three months, and then finally were able to move into our current house. So we actually bought this house before we moved back to Ontario, and uh, fun times didn't see it. We were FaceTiming with my parents, who went and looked at the house for us, and we bought it sight unseen. We gutted the whole top floor as soon as we well started as soon as we got back here and then rebuilt the whole top floor and that took us six eight months so yeah we moved in here we've been in this house for maybe six ish months now um the top floor is livable <laughs> the basement is not at all um but yeah we've we're in 
and we are, you know, settling into life in a different town, but the same place that we both grew up, which has been amazing and weird and uncomfortable and all of the things. So that's the move. Yeah, I'm so glad you were able to share that because it's it's been so fun being able to follow along um, with your adventurous move. And uh, now everyone else knows. Yeah, frick, finally. I couldn't really <laughs> say anything about it for quite a long time, but I'm glad to now. And it was so weird because I share, you know, a good chunk of my life on the internet. But for, yeah, like for a year, I just didn't really say anything about where we were and what we were doing. And I didn't get to show you all all the behind the scenes of gutting this house and tearing out walls and all the work that we were doing here. So I will share more of that. Um, it feels like so long ago now, but we really, yeah, it was a big part of our lives for so long. So I definitely will share some more behind the scenes of the house and the property. We've moved more rural. So it has been um, very different than living in the suburbs. I forgot how many like bugs and things there are around. Uh, so yeah, I've been really uncomfortable, but also really enjoying it. All right, so second question. <sighs> all right, so how do you balance it all? Motherhood, business, relationships, etc. So Anita, I'll give this one to you first, but I just, I always think this question is so interesting. I hope my husband is asked this question too. And I also know that he has never asked this question, but I also feel the same as an entrepreneur and a woman and a mom. Like I want to know how other women and moms are doing this life thing and business thing too. So I get it and go for it. Yeah. I would say I don't balance at all. I'm, and I feel like I'm the same as you just trying to hear what other people say. And it really sounds like there really is never a balance. Like there are um, going to be ebbs and flows with what you might be prioritizing depending on time of life or time in your business. So I would say there isn't like a specific balance. And then, I mean, the last 18 months throw on a pandemic and that has <laughs> definitely changed things as well. Yeah, I find there is a lot of blending together of different aspects. It's not like I go to work and I can leave everything at work. And I think that comes with, like you said, being an entrepreneur, running, like I run my own practice. Um, I also have the online side. We've got the podcast. Um, I've got my online program. So yeah, it's not like I can really put things I in boxes, you. essentially. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been a challenge. And I feel like when I came back from mat leave, which again, mat leave for me wasn't, and I think for everyone, it looks different, but I ended up essentially the first mat leave. So when I was out of clinic after Pippa, I spent that time focusing on like building my website and we were going to be moving. So I was going to be opening my own practice. So I really spent that whole time in terms of 
work-wise, that's what my focus was on that mat leave. And then second time around, I was building um, my online program. So there's just always, I think, that aspect within my life. And it's because I really love what I do. So I feel like I do like having all those segments, but it, I think it's just a constant challenge to juggle them. I don't know if that's really a great answer, but <laughs> I'll let you go for mm-hmm. it, Jess. Yeah. And actually, actually, I will yeah. add one more part because I will say for that and kind of what you mentioned off the top too with Randy being asked that question that he never has. And I know I'm quite sure my husband never has. I would definitely say my husband does quite a bit. Um, and I, I say that, but I know sometimes that some people are like, oh, well, your husband is really great and set, but I'm like, no, like this is a partnership that we're in. So it's not that, oh, wow, he's doing so much. Like we are both in this together. So I feel like we are very equal in a lot of ways around whether it's the kids, the house, especially this past year with the pandemic and fluctuations with like childcare and virtual school, we've both been juggling it together. Yeah. It's so relatable. I mean, yeah, this idea of balance and what does that even mean? What could that possibly look like for us? Not all balance over here ever. I often feel like I am yep drowning in all the things and unable to do anything well so I hope that that finds you all well too um I would say so this year has been really interesting for me and with the move we like I said have moved back to where family is and it is I'm so freaking glad we did because it's the only way that We have been okay. And it's such a damn privilege that we have been able to, yeah, be around people who care, help care for our children and offer to take them for sleepovers and we'll look after them for a whole day if we needed to. Like that just wasn't part of our experience for the first five years of parenting. And it has been over the last year. So that has been an absolute lifesaver for us. You know, I like you have, I do a lot of work on my mindset around mothering and what my expectations of myself are and what my expectations of the father in this house are. And we have a of conversations about that about the division of labor and again just the expectations of a mother and a father in our heterosexual marriage and what that looks like and we have a ton of conversations about this in couples counseling Um, highly recommend if you are able to access counseling to do so for yourself within partnerships however you can seek it so yeah, I, I don't do anything more than is the bare minimum around this house that like is enough to help the family keep the day and the weeks going. I let a lot of things slide. We let a lot of things slide. My business is so far at the top of the list in terms of priorities because it brings me, like you're saying, Anita, a lot of joy. 
I am really intentional about putting my care yeah, at the top of the list. And that includes my work and that includes my movement practice and that includes adequate sleep and calories and nutrition. Yeah, those are the things that I just try to do as best as possible is to take care of myself. Our big kid is going back to school in like six days and I have no idea what needs to happen for that. Like, has there been any communication with the school or their teacher? I have no idea. Does she have a backpack? Does she have anything? I don't know. I don't take it upon myself to be the person that organizes all the stuff. And again, I realize that it's such a privileged position to be able to say those things. Like I have a partner that is here and, you know, is his family too. And that is absolutely his mindset. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say on this question other than it's, I find it really hard. And I think about something that one of my clients said years ago, all the time still. And that is, she was talking about her own marriage and the three children that they have. And that it just, it feels like too big of a job for two people, for the two adults, the two parents in her family. And I was like, yes, it is too much for two people. It is way more than any one person could handle. Like we just need more people to help do this thing. And so we've been trying to use family help as much as possible. I've gotten really so much better this last year at accepting help and asking for help, like really reaching out and asking, hey, can you do this thing for me? Can you take the kids from 10 to one? use your resources and your village and your people as much as you are able to, because I think it's the only way that we, any of us get through this thing and being able to take care of our own health through it. All right. Question three, I'm interested in starting a business. What do I prioritize first? When do you bring on the helpers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what would you say for someone who is just getting ready? Start. And I should ask too, do you know, is this person um, starting like a one-to-one business, fitness, health professional? I don't know if we know the background. Yeah. So I think I could probably say that they're in health to some degree, not in fitness, but I believe it would be in more of a one-to-one capacity that they'd be providing a service to someone. Mm, Okay. In my situation, in terms of, I had been a physio at clinics, we had lived for those who are in this area, we lived in Toronto. And then when we moved to where I am now in Peterborough, I was going to open my own solo practice. So new city, we didn't really know many people. My husband's family lived somewhat near here. This was the closest city. So just from my experience, opening a business, which may help this person is like a big thing was connecting especially because we didn't know a lot of people here. Like I did the research. I looked up who in this area also worked with a similar population. So pregnancy, postpartum population, connecting with them, getting to know them, how could I help their clients? And then in return, they were like, well, we don't have anyone here who kind of does what you do. So I want to know about more of what you do. So 
it was really great creating this because I wanted to be able to create a village of support for my clients. So I think one of the things starting out is like, what could you do that's going to best serve your clients that you want to work with? Um, I think that's a really great place to start. I also, like I said earlier, I um, built my own website. That was six years ago now, I think I started building. So you don't necessarily, I would say, need to do that. And also websites now are much simpler and easier to create. So you could, I wouldn't, what a piece of advice I would say is don't spend a ton of money or a ton of time. Because I think some people make busy work in doing that and you don't really need to be creating this elaborate website when you're first starting. So create something like whatever you need, kind of the bare minimum, connecting with other people, um, and I think especially now too, like Jess and I, we actually met on social media. I think it was a bit before mm-hmm. I moved. So I would say, especially if you're starting now is connecting with people, also social media in the area you want to work with. But if you're starting an online business, also creating that community that way would be key. So those would be my initial suggestions with what to prioritize first. And then in terms of helpers, My personal opinion is when you're first starting a business, I do feel like you need to do, like you need to understand how all the pieces work. So doing all the pieces yourself, which I know some people may not agree with or like, but then you're able to pass it on to someone else and delegate it, but you still know how it works. I think if you jump into a business and right away get other people to do things and you don't understand the background what are you going to do if that person leaves or what if something like quote unquote breaks and that other person isn't available? So my opinion is you need to understand all the moving parts first and then bring on other people into your business. Yeah, totally agree with all of, all of that. I would say similar to what you were saying, Anita, with the website stuff, we we're just talking about this today with our group mentorship students in the postnatal fitness specialist Academy, but yes, you need the bare bones to get started. You need a place where even if it's a one page website where people can contact you, or maybe it's two or three pages where they can see something in, like about you, the services you offer, and then somehow to contact you and then to be able to purchase your service eventually but totally agree keep it so simple just get a move on with it as quick as you are able what I was saying with our students today was that you don't need to know what it's going to look like in five years don't even plan for what it's going to look like in five years just jump in Because you will learn so much so quickly. I think that's the thing with being an entrepreneur that has been the best part and the hardest part is that you learn how to do so many things. Like Anita was saying, like have a handle on how things work in your business when you're starting out. So yeah, you're going to have to learn to do a ton of different tasks, but having some understanding of those tasks and how you might want them to shift or change, or then how you train someone to be able to take those on, I think has been important for me and my business too. I will say what I'm starting to learn now that I wish I had even done sooner was to hire out sooner though. 
And that doesn't even particularly mean within the business itself, but something that I've learned from my current business coach, Rachel Rogers, is that might be hiring out places that make your life easier. And that could be a personal assistant who comes for you know, five hours a week and takes your stuff to the post office or picks up your groceries, puts the laundry away, whatever it might be. Maybe that's investing in more childcare. Maybe it's a cleaner, a housekeeper for the home. So it doesn't even need to particularly be in the business, but it could be in the personal life, in the family life to some degree too. Yeah. Get really comfortable with delegating faster. And again, something else that I've learned from Rachel Rogers is to to focus on one thing as much as you are able to. So the service that you are selling, if you can start with one, maybe two services and get really exceptional results for your people, you'll be able to grow it scale it at a uh, with more ease and in a way that perhaps works much better for your life and your schedule your time and your energy all right last question question number four I love this one this one was from someone who wrote in asking I have been struggling to find transparency and honesty around how breastfeeding and weaning can totally change a person's chest appearance. And then I wonder, can I accept my body when I feel unhappy with one part in particular? Well, I'll start on this one. Uh, Yeah, you can. You can accept your body and feel unhappy with one part or multiple parts. Um, I think that that is a really common experience for people to maybe feel like they have accepted their body overall on some level, but then there's still parts of it that they would definitely like to change, that they would definitely want these parts to not be this way. And I just want to say that I really relate to this conversation around yeah, breastfeeding and weaning does totally change a person's chest appearance for the most part in basically every single conversation that I've had with clients around this too. In my own personal experience with breastfeeding two kids for a period of time, yeah, my breasts look so different compared to how they did five, six, seven years ago. You know, what I also just remind myself of a lot is that my whole body looks so different than it did five, six, seven years ago. And it probably would, even if I hadn't experienced these pregnancies, these C-sections, breastfeeding. Yeah, for sure. Those things have changed it on this other level because of course they're going to. It was immense changes, but I don't know. I take a lot of comfort now in thinking about this version of my body as being my adult body. So Randy sent me this Facebook, like one of those memories from, oh my gosh, I think it was like 2012 or something. No, maybe even before then, but I was like, my goodness, I 
look like a freaking child. It was a picture of us standing side by side. And I couldn't believe just when I see pictures of myself from that time period, even, you know, like, like I was saying five, six, seven years ago, I just, I look like a child, I think. And now I look at my body and I feel like a 34 year old adult person. And I just, you know, I try to lean into the softness and the, like the difference of that as much as possible. And I'm starting to really find like the beauty and the ease in that my body isn't 24 year old Jesse anymore. It's 34 years old and it has been through some things. And I just, on some level, I just think that it's really, it's so cool and interesting to watch your body go through changes and hell yes, it can be really uncomfortable, but of course, what a privilege to be able to watch it change too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't, I don't really have much to add to that, Jess. I feel like you, you really covered everything. And I think also something that you, you often bring up is, is our body constantly like it's a constant ever change happening regardless of like pregnancy because I feel like seeing my own body change and even here when we're talking about with breastfeeding and weaning and like pregnancy and then breastfeeding and weaning and pregnancy and breast like all of those different ebbs and flows and then there's been constant change each time yeah I do I agree I think you can accept your body even when you're unhappy with one or um, different parts. It's not, it's not easy. It can be like a constant kind of work in progress, but I do feel like it is possible. And one last thing I'll just say on this, just specific to breasts is that I have really stopped wearing bras for the most part. And that has been, that has been, been so interesting for me to just get really comfortable with my boobs looking this way and my nipples being visible and people being able to see the full shape of them. I think this has been one of the best parts of COVID for me because of course we spent so much time at home, not being around people. And now as we start to integrate back into seeing more people, it's like, it's a challenge for me to go out in public or to go to these family gatherings and to be not wearing a bra, that feels deeply un- uncomfortable for me. But I, I find there's lots of value in pushing myself just like slightly and slowly into those realms. And I just think a lot about how interesting it is that we have been conditioned to have our breasts look, you know, quote unquote, these ways and for good boobs to look this way and not that way. And I would like to burn all of that down. And I am starting with myself with the less wearing of the bras. I hope you enjoyed today's Q&A episode with Anita and I. Thank you so much for sending those questions in. And if you like this type of more personal-ish chats, definitely let us know and we can include more of these in the future. One last reminder that prices are increasing on my online fitness coaching program to pregnancy and beyond. The investment will raise 30% tonight at midnight PST. That is Tuesday, September 7th. You can go to the link in today's show notes to find all the details or go ahead, send me a message on Instagram 
at Jesse Mundell, and I can clarify anything for you that you need. I'll see you in the club. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 